Storymakers. Yeah. I'm Angie Powers. I'm Elizabeth Stark. And, and this is Storymakers Show. And today we're going to answer the oft-asked question, what is the point? Okay. Is this an ex- existential no, question? it's more about writing or story in, in, in specific. So we are going to look at why we write and if it's important to know why we write, why we're writing this particular story. Okay. Well, you, you yeah. talk about, you, this was actually your idea. So I thought like, you meant in that bigger way, like, why, why do we write? Why am I writing? Why am I banging my head against this wall? No. Talk about what you meant when you thought of why we write. Well, which, by the way, is the title of a book or two by Meredith Marin that are really fun, actually, interviews with writers, but I'll put them in the show notes. Oh, I think I just was working with some students the other day who had embarked on a film script, but without really thinking about whether or not they had anything in particular to say. And they, they've been given a theme. This is middle school yes. students, not our adult students. No. <laughs> so they've been given a theme for this film festival, which is the Sonoma County Office of Education's five-minute film festival. What's the theme? Time. Just time. Mm-hmm. So... It's just interesting to watch the difference of the way that they come at it. It's interesting they're given a theme. Mm-hmm. So did that or a topic, spark, or okay, you know, right. they but can approach it however they their want. Ideas. I mean, did, were their ideas related in some tangential or non-tangential way to time? What I found interesting was when it was first announced. Our kids came home, and and one of our children had this like idea that I thought sounded amazing, which was about sort of the folding of a a sheet of origami paper and sort of examining time and sort of the evolution of a shape. Through animated. Through animation, right. And then um, it's since changed to be something very literal, which I I don't understand how it changed or why it changed, Mm -hmm. but um, it became more about... um, Literally like a time machine, something that was about... In origami? No. It became this whole other thing. And so I don't know how it got there. But I came in to talk about storyboarding with some of the students. And so I got to hear some of the things. and Some of the stories. Yeah. And we were trying to do this sort of light, fast pitch story idea process. So it was just like literally sit down, take two minutes and tell me your five minute story. Yeah. I like this. This is interesting because there's some famous writer, and I can never remember who, who like sits in the bathtub with his wife and tells her his whole plot for like two hours. And that's one of his his processes. Mm-hmm. But it's that kind of that, like, can you can you hold someone's interest by telling the story? Yeah. So, yeah, so that was part of it. And so we were just saying like, okay. And so one student was sort of talking about a story about a person who wakes up and turns off the alarm clock, and we all know these stories, but she was really trying to address the topic of time. Mm -hmm. And what I had asked them to do was in groups of three, one person would tell their story for two minutes, the other two people would answer the question, what's the main point? And then one question they had about the story. 
And so as, as I was listening to this person... I just want to say, as a, as a pause, that those are great questions to ask of your readers or, you know, when you're, when you're the story maker looking mm-hmm. for feedback, right? Like, what did you get out of this? It's such a fundamental... You know, what did you hear? What was this? What is this about? It's such a fundamental question that we often skip over in workshop. Mm-hmm. And it's probably the most helpful thing you can tell a writer is, this is what I thought was happening. Mm-hmm. And then the writer can think, is that what I wanted people to think? Right. What's happening. I mean, I think we did that with your film to some extent. Like, what is the story about, right? Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> so, um, did what was it? Do you know what was it that drew her to it? I think she's got a school assignment <laughs> that has to be about time. And so she was just like, great, what can I do when I'm pulling together things around time? So I'm going to have somebody moving through time, right, in a literal sense, right. waking up. Looking at clocks, like in doing some ways, this is this is a, an appropriate initial step. So, if, like if you're given an assignment, in, in truth, you give yourself an assignment. You're mm-hmm. given an assignment. You something sparks. It might be an image. It might be an idea. It might be an interaction. Right, right, right. And then, but in a way, whatever it is, it be, be, that kernel becomes your self assignment. Mm-hmm. And then you brainstorm, like, oh, what are all the things I think of? And so great, like I think of alarm clocks. I think of walking. I think of a bird flying through with time and space, or whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. So you brainstorm, brainstorm, brainstorm. Until you you come to something that is like juicy for you, right? And that where you could say, "Oh, that shows this thing." Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. This is one. I'm just kind of. What is the creative process here? Where do we? How, well, do we, how and when? My do we understanding get to why? when I had gotten into that point was that some of the students really felt like they had gotten to a place with their stories that they were going to be able to tell their story and they were getting ready to storyboard and do these different things. And I was actually trying to encourage them to use this tool, even if they didn't have a story completed. Like this is a great way for you to kind of hash out some ideas. It's a way, like we do a lot of like, um, I have to say we had a review on our podcast notes that someone was mentioning vocal fry and I, now I'm super aware of that. That's the kind of review you have to ignore. Because I will say we had another review, not that we're obsessively reading our reviews, but actually it was sort of more like we stumbled upon them. We're like, ooh, people re- listening, re- you know, responding, yay. Yes. And and one of them mentioned kind of the in-jokes or the things we mm-hmm. don't fully explain. So I actually am going to try to make a conscientious effort to be more clear about what we're talking about. Yeah, and I make part of my living doing voiceover. And at the same time, I'm it's super so aware. It's my vocal fry. I don't even know what vocal fry means, but... So, anywho. So, kind of going back to this other piece of the student not knowing what she was wanting to talk about. And I was actually trying to get them to engage with this short fast storytelling process as a way to generate ideas and to come quickly through because it's is, a five what is the process the short fast storytelling process well if if you don't have a story but you know it has to be about time you could literally just be like you know once upon a time once upon a time there was a person who liked to climb up sand dunes and every day they would start at the bottom of the hill in the shadow and every day they would climb to the top to find the sunlight but by the time they had gotten to the top 
the sun had begun to set and the shadow has fallen on the other side of the mountain, right? So they might never see, right? So this is just an idea. I just want to say that my mother, growing up in Los Angeles in the 50s, had a regular dream of climbing up a sand dune and then being pulled down by a wave before she reached the top. So it was just weird to hear you narrate the beginning of that story. There's something about sand dunes. Yes. It's also the wallpaper on my desktop because I have a Macintosh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, look, there is a sand dune. Yes. So then I was just imagining, okay, That's amazing. what if you never left shadow? If you right. climb the top. Right, and all you're doing is trying to get to the sun, trying to get to the sun. And then the sun moves. <laughs> or the sun moves the other way. Beautiful. Yeah. beautiful. Any hoodle. So the idea really was just to ask them to play. So whether or not they were successful with that, I was intrigued by the student's Ability to move forward, not just with like, I'm exploring an idea, but really like, I don't have an idea, but I know enough about the shape of story to put things I think make a story together and hope it works. So what would, what did you tell her was her next step then? Well, um, or what would you tell her? I think, you know, again, this is an assignment. So again, it's about finding that way in for yourself. Like, what is the thing that interests you about this? And honestly, there might even be a way where I would say close it down further. Like the word time might be too broad. Mm -hmm. And so to find something that... I was going to say, because it's a constraint. Right. So I would actually, instead of removing constraints, I would actually tighten it down. And if you didn't know how to tighten it down, you might be just exactly what you were talking about, making lists of associated words and thoughts. So if I say time and you just generate every single word that you can think of for five minutes that are associated with time. So you start with things like clocks and timers and chicken eggs, and then you move on to, you know, redwood forests, the moon, like, Evolution, you know, so you might end up with like Cindy Lopper. Cindy Lopper, because you have time after time. Right. And so anyway, so that you would spend the time generating and then you pick one of those to be actually your fo- focus rather than the word time. Right. Right. And then that's where maybe you can personalize it. And I think mm-hmm. one of the important things about why am I writing this or what is going on here is what matters most to me? Mm-hmm. What am I mining here? That, you know, um, like uh, sort of the idea of you ask yourself questions whose answers you don't know, but which matter to you, Des- which, you know, desperately, right? And right. then you sit down and just try to answer them and, and no wonder it makes us crazy. And I think there's something really important about, you know, because we're working with middle school kids, you know, there are developmental kinds of approaches that are different from adults. Like adults show up at things because they want to. Middle school students show up at things often because their friends are there, and which is both good and bad because the the social risks that are involved at that particular juncture. The PSAT. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I was like, come on, that's our what are you doing Saturday? Oh. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Wait, you guys are going to college? That doesn't speak well to my <laughs> parents, but you know, they were of different generations right. or geographies. So, yeah, I think that that's what I 
was intrigued by. I was just intrigued by the notion that you could know enough about the shape of a thing, whether it's a story or a film or whatever, and not really have the core. Mm -hmm. And you can spend a lot of time not knowing you don't have a core. Mm. Well, let's, so let's talk about, say you have your, like your, your, your PTA heist is Mm -hmm. is an idea that you've been kind of exploring on and off for a while. Mm -hmm. Do you know what the, do you know the why part of it? Why I want to write it? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I think funding for public schools is really messed up. And it, the system itself unnecessarily pits community members against each other. Mm. And so you end up with this sense of scarcity because, you know, right now we're looking at one of our high schools, which happens to be my alma mater. People keep talking about, oh, shut it down. There aren't enough students. There aren't enough students. And yet it, offers something unique in the county um, for a lot of students. So it's not just like, oh, you know, can we afford to do this? Really, there should be a space for kids who want to go to a school that is about exploring multiple ways of being in the world, just as much as we make space for a school where being like one of six kids who get to get on a team is important. Like for some people that is a, like that kind of competition feels very important. And for other people it doesn't, right? Also El Molino is where the bass player from Imagine Dragons graduated. So just <laughs> so, going to say. So this is what's interesting because so so when I ask you sort of what's important to you in fact, you have a lot to say about it mm-hmm. in the form of of kind of a, you know, an impassioned rallying cry. Mm-hmm. And so then, okay, how do you take that why and transform it into a story, right. characters, a situation? And how is that why going to come through in what these individual people are struggling with? Well, for me, what I'm doing is I'm sort of looking at who are the people who have sort of traditionally held schools up? right? And together. And for better or worse, the unpaid volunteerism often looks like a female family member who shows up and does that work. Not in all cases, and certainly that's changing, but historically, it's sort of been that place where um, women can spend even more time contributing to the care and feeding of children. Yes. Um, So... I kind of thought about that's that. That's interesting, too, because that's a slightly different why, mm-hmm. you know. Well, I think what I wanted to do is kind of look at how people who have traditionally found voice and power within things like PTAs <laughs> um, also reinforce social and um, institutional biases, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so then we have these things happening where it's like everyone has such a sense of scarcity that we start picking our communities apart rather than looking to our community to build up. Right. And so um, that's the framework because I want to show that, you know, without coming together in coalition, without really challenging these larger structures, these things that are about like privatization of education, things that are about, um, you know, when our funding is directly tied to areas of 
hyperabundance versus poverty, that you, of course you're going to have these disparities. And so how how can we build coalition across that? That's really what I'm interested in. That's very exciting. And so that sounds like a that sounds like a humorous heist to me. So <laughs> you're like, so of course it has to be a, a heist movie. Yes, comedy. Yeah, yeah. So fun and a, a different podcast. We might talk about form. Actually, mm-hmm. that would be a great one because I'm sort of struggling with certain things that I feel need to be said more, more publicly and more clearly, um, and and then how to say them. And I, and even though um, I can say them in in a sort of essayistic form, I mean, at least verbally, I I just I don't know. I'm so interested at this point in story. Mm-hmm. As a medium for getting across a point in a in a complex non didactic way, right. which I think, of course, essays can be as well. But in any case, so that's sort of another another good topic, though. So how do you go from what you want to say and why you want to say it to how you say it? Right, and then Next you know we've talked, yeah, and we've talked about show. this before with Simon Sinek's "Start with Why," and talking about companies that start with their mission. So I who, think Simon, Simon Sinek, he okay. has he has a number of books, but probably the most famous, which also had a TED talk, and which will be in the show notes, was uh, the book "Start with Why." Okay, and it looks at how so Elon Musk, right? He sells these cars, and yes. he sells these um, solar, solar panels system. and solar systems and all of that, and so he has these products. Which, for the most part, you know, he's doing interesting design work. He's doing all this stuff. And um, and yet, he's out there. I want to radicalize alternative energy. I want to make it something, you know, he's got a mission. And it's a mission where we aren't giving up luxury for... Um, sustainability. Mm-hmm. Right. So his why is about changing the world in a way that in reflects luxury. Capitalist luxury. Right. This way, yes. And so when people buy a Tesla, they're not buying the best car. They're buying his why. They're buying into this story of I'm doing something good for the planet, but I also have a car that will make fart noises when my passengers get in if I design it to do that, <laughs> right? So it's, you know, it's, so it's got high tech. I mean, it's, it's very, very much about using technology to create sustainability in a luxurious way. And that's what people want to participate in. Mm-hmm. So much so that if you saw his current Cybertruck, like most people are like, what the heck just rolled out there? And now, like a couple weeks into it, people are really sort of rethinking their negative reactions to it and these whole things. And so it's like, oh, Elon Musk is like a maverick and that's who I am. I am this person. So it's not just about branding. It's about that. What are we doing in the world when we choose to participate in that product? Yeah. So you can take all that branding stuff, though, and and go deep into your your own why and what you're what you're right. writing about right and um and uh great i'm gonna write i'm gonna write on that tomorrow morning in my morning pages fantastic why why and i encourage you all to because now it's time for steal, steal this. this amateur poets borrow professional poets steal what have you come across in your wanderings and readings that you would like to take and make your own 
I'll let you start because right. you've just been dipping into my <laughs> library well. So, well, I have. I am actually listening to Cal Newport's deep work after your long, recommend, long-lived recommendation of it. But and I've been listening to it, which is actually sort of terrible because I'm basically multitasking. And one of the things I'm doing is listening to it, which is sort of the opposite of what he would probably suggest. Um, but in any case, um, but I'm actually not going to talk about deep work, though you can go to back episodes and hear Angie talk about it a lot. And I do think it's really fascinating, but I'm still in it. But I just finished Danzy Senna's New mm, People. Mm-hmm. I read it. It's quite short and and um, I, I loved it. Um, I really enjoyed it. And I kind of kept wanting to be back in that world somehow. Yeah. Um, and it almost, it has almost the sort of streamlined, so simplicity is the wrong word, but it is, it, it feels, there's an element of like a short story in the way that you're just moving and each piece feels like a hundred percent necessary. It's a, it's a short, tight book. And, um, and so, uh, one of the things is there's a, a series of flashbacks where we fill in um, how the couple met and also about the the woman's mother. And you know, so there's a, there's a whole sort of backstory which you could put together in a linear way and is itself kind of a structured story, but it's given as flashback and it's done really well in terms of moving from the present story to a particular moment that's coming up from the past because understanding it and re-examining it is necessary to that character psychologically in that moment. And it's going to help them move forward or change direction. Right. So, and so just to like, I would like to dig in and really figure out how she does that, because I feel like that's something everybody struggles with a little bit is how to weave the backstory in. And sometimes I think it's because people have a whole backstory that they want to weave in um, independently of what the character in the front story actually needs. Mm-hmm. My guess, and it could so easily be completely wrong, is that she would, you know, the way it feels at least is that it's seamlessly written in that in the moment when um, the character, you know, has the thought, then she goes into this, you know, the creation of that moment. That these pieces are are there because they arise in that moment. And again, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure that's crafted, but it feels seamless and it feels like the psychology of the characters. And I, I love that. I think that's the way to do it. Fantastic. Yeah. And she's funny. Well, yes. Well, I think the thing I've most recently come upon that I was sort of bowled over by is um, Bong Joon-ho's Parasite, which was an amazing film. And so much wonderful tension, juxtaposition um, of humor and horror, and also just such a specific group of people. And sort of, do you mean like the quirkiness of each character, or yeah? And you, you know, you see these. You know, the story is uh, a little bit about this family that's quite poor. They're not so poor. I mean, they're poor, but they're not so poor as other people. And it's just very, I think it's a reflection on, like, what's important in people's lives right now. And at the same time, that increasing separation between the haves and have-nots. Yeah. And 
just beautiful and horrible. So that's what I want to say. How many um, characters? Uh, the family, there's one family of four and one family, uh, another family of four. They actually kind of reflect each other, and one is very rich, and one is very poor. And what I know, the, I might, from I didn't see it, but the reviews, it's well, the poor family ends up sort of living with or working for the rich family. Yes. And um, does it mostly take place in the house? For the most part, it does. It takes place in the rich people's house, but also in their car, and then also in the poor people's house. So, Because um, I just would love for you to write a script with a very limited cast and limited location. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the as rich produce, people's house, the rich producer. people's house was amazing and was also, of course, you know, ostensibly an architect's, mm. you know, so he sold this house. And so there's this sort of unraveling of, of privilege and paranoia and these things that are sort of amazing. So cool. Yeah. All right. Well, we hope that you think about why and go explore. Until next week. <laughs>